Hi guys, welcome to season one of the To All The People podcast. This is your host, writer and best-selling author of To All The People I Love Before Loving Me, Janelle Roberts. I am so excited to have you here. Now, season one is all about being an FOD, and I know you're wondering, what is an FOD? So I'm here to tell you, FOD is a term coined by well-renowned writer, producer, and global icon, Shonda Rhyme. FOD means being the first, the only, and different, and I'm here to shine a light on the burdens of others and the cost that often comes with being the first, the only, and different. So be on the lookout for the 23-year-old politician on the front lines of the Roe v. Wade or the young black woman working on Wall Street or the influencer landing six-figure deals while discussing surviving white spaces and attending a predominantly white institution. This is your host, Janelle, and let's get right into it. Hi guys, this is your host Janelle Roberts and today for journal entry number two we are going to talk about navigating feelings of loneliness even when you're in a room full of people. Whew, I know, a mouthful. A few weeks ago my best friend Maki asked me a question on FaceTime. I was complaining about, you know, trauma dumping as some would say and she asked me, are you alone or do you feel alone? And I can't stop thinking about that question. Like I spent the entire day, the next day after that, thinking about that question. And the answer to both of them is hell yes. At least I think it's a hell yes. I started thinking, you know, if I take into account all the factors of race, gender, societal standards, that's one feeling of loneliness. But if we take into account my family dynamic, you know, being a first generation, attending a PWI, not growing up with a father, that's another But then I started thinking about other people. There are so many people I meet, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, Indian, who know what it's like to feel lonely. I can't pin loneliness down to a race thing. Yeah, it may be reflective in more extreme ways in regards to race, like attending a PWI and being the only woman in the room, but everyone feels it. And why aren't we talking about it? Like, I want to know, why aren't we talking about this thing that we're all going through? This thing that in a weird way kind of unites us. Even though it's a negative thing, human beings, we are united on a lot of different situations when we remove the actual societal pressure and the actual societal standards. My loneliness feels more extreme when I scroll through social media and see happy families, mothers and daughters, those kinds of things. I feel alone when it comes to my own experiences, and I've accepted that I always will feel alone, but when it comes to the question, are you alone, opposed to do you feel alone, the answer is a little confusing to me. You see, loneliness, in a sense, well, is a sense of alienation. It can be alienated by your own family or, or, or school bully, those, those feelings of never being able to express how you truly feel because they don't allow you to. It could even be a husband, a wife, or a friend. You could have even been a war person that came back from war and is now suffering chronic post-traumatic stress disorder and you just don't even know how to express what you've seen or what you've been through. The scary thing about loneliness is that it can affect your mental and physical well-being. If you're like me, loneliness has transpired in so many ways for you. It can look like being at home for days with no no human interaction. It can even look like being in a room full of people. The one with the room full of people actually might scare me a little bit more. But the thing about both of those is that they all share one thing in common. 
Loneliness leads to depression, and some say that loneliness can even cause an early death. And Alzheimer's. I know. That's scary, right? I think people don't keep in mind that trauma actually lives in the DNA. And my favorite book of all time is The Body Keeps the Score because it literally breaks down all of these factors of how your body actually keeps the score of what you're putting it through, what you're feeding it, what you're putting it through. It keeps the score. It keeps the score of every traumatic experience that's happened to your life and has shaped you as the person that you are. But anything that's been created can always be reversed. There are so many people that are lonely. Most of us are more anxious than ever, lonelier than ever, and more depressed than ever. And I'm not sure what your circumstances are or what they may be, but for starters, I just sincerely want to apologize. I'm sorry that you're experiencing this, but I must make it a point that you are not alone. The person walking right down the street next to you might be feeling exactly how you feel, maybe in a different degree, maybe with a different societal outlook maybe in a different way, but we all know that feeling of loneliness. You'll hear me talk about this frequently on my podcast, but I struggle with loneliness. I'm I'm very transparent. I, I actually might even overshare, but that's the reason why we're on this podcast. But at one point, I could not see the other side of my loneliness. I went to therapy. I read all the self-help books on how to beat this thing, but nothing seemed to really work. Nothing worked until I started practicing how to not be lonely. When I talk about loneliness, I'm talking about that crippling feeling of knowing that you have no one but yourself. And although it does feel that way, you have to stop and ask yourself a logical question. Is it really that that way? And if it is really that way, then you need to keep listening. Loneliness is triggered by being on your own for far too long. Meaning that If you've had to deal with something on your own, whether that have been a traumatic experience, growing up too fast, not having parents, or having helicopter parents, the list goes on and on. It comes down to being on your own for too long, whether that have been you being in survival mode, whether that have been a traumatic experience. It's something there that made you feel alone it could have been you being the youngest child of 10 siblings or the middle child of 10 siblings like it could it could there's a lot of things that can make someone feel alone but human beings we are meant to share experiences we're meant to be social creatures we are meant to socialize have you ever heard of the term it takes a village well yep that's true it takes a village i recently watched a ted talk by olivia reams and she discussed the importance of being social beings and how to get rid of feelings of loneliness When I tell you this TED Talk changed my life, it changed my life. Like, I started to obsess over beating loneliness. She talks about the one thing that all humans have in common, and that is that we all want to be free. Reams further discusses the importance of change, and she uses mice, like mice, as an example. She says, mice, if mice see something that doesn't work out, they try something else, but humans don't. What we do is we keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and expecting change, expecting a different result, and it can't work that way. And then I begin to wonder, why are humans always repeating the same mistakes, and why does the brain fail to learn from past experience? Well, from my research, I learned that human beings immediately look for error in whatever they're doing, and that's fascinating to me. 
That's really fascinating. And I've been learning that a lot of people have been, you know, planning to be a little bit more delusional. Like one of our guests, Bria Jones, talked about being delusionally confident. And I think that's a really good way of freeing yourself from those feelings of loneliness and those feelings of not thinking that you're good enough. When it comes down to finding error, think about it. Whenever I pick up a dress, before I even try it on, I'm just saying, hopefully no one can see my back fat or my cookie pouch. Like immediately, before I even put the damn dress on. Another thing that, that, that I think about oftentimes that happens too is like sometimes, I'll, like even when I wrote my book, before I even you know, wrote down the first word and, and published it, I kept saying, what if no one likes this? You know, I'm already looking for error, already looking for that sense of approval. And I don't think social media makes it any easier. Studies have also shown that the best way to beat this narrative is to avoid repeating history by holding yourself accountable. I'm going to use myself for example. I'm a foodie, so whenever I'm stressed, I'm craving something greasy or sweet. Fried food. Let's get into it. It's so good to me, right? That grease, the, the butter, the crispiness, but you've, I've been going to the gym. I've been going to the gym every day for months because I, I want to get in the best shape of my life but I hate the way my body is looking right now. And I know for a fact that food is contributing to why I haven't hit my goal. It has been my comfort. Food has always been there for me when I needed it. And whenever I have a bad day, ooh, I know something, I know a McDonald's French fries gonna make me feel real good or like a really nice like boba drink or something. So I eat it. And then once I eat it, I immediately regret it. And because I ate it, I decide, I might as well keep going since I broke my rule. And I repeated this history instead of holding myself accountable, instead of healing myself, instead of learning to, to find out a healthier alternative, I result to a healthy comfort, an unhealthy comfort that's going to make me feel good. I could have chosen a healthy alternative. You know, I could have gotten a healthy snack just as fulfilling. I could have focused on that feeling right then and there. I could have channeled it into a project I'm working on. I try not to be too hard on myself, but when I'm repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting different results, then it's an issue. I can have a large fry. I can have some some fried chicken maybe once every week, but every single day, no. Like I said, it takes practice to learn from past experiences, including loneliness. And here are some ways to get rid of feelings of loneliness. What I did was, for me, I got a dog. I got a 75-pound big Doberman named Banks that keeps me on my toes every single day. Like, my dog legit won't leave me alone. She's very needy. She's very loving. She has my attitude, but always, and I mean always, wants to be loved and wants to give love. Banks never has a bad day. Even if my day is bad, she just doesn't. I still have to care for her. In order for me to do that, I have to show up for myself. Now, I'm not saying get a dog, but it's just an example. Another thing that helped was learning to be alone without feeling lonely. Learning how to look at my loneliness in a different way is the best kind of feeling. Somewhere down the line, I brainwashed myself into believing that I enjoyed being alone and in some weird way it actually helped. I learned to empower myself through feelings of loneliness. It was like, okay, I'm alone right now, but how can I make the use of this time? How can I show up for myself today? I could read that book I've been wanting to read, go to that museum I've been dying to go to. My loneliness is often, you know, it often seemed to stem from the fact that I wasn't doing the things that I love to do. So I learned to understand my loneliness as a longing to be closer to myself. 
So now whenever I feel lonely, it's just like there's something I need to be doing for myself. There needs to be like some type of self-care thing. I need to go socialize. I need to go talk to a close friend. There's something I need to do. But in those feelings, when I don't really have anyone to hang out with during that daytime, if my friends are busy, I go do something for myself. My favorite thing ever to do is go watch a movie by myself. I get a large popcorn, I get a pickle, and I just sit there and have the time of my life watching some weird show or some weird flick that my boyfriend has no interest in. I do all of the things that I don't want to share with people when I'm feeling alone. Now, you may be asking yourself, what if the reason for my loneliness is the fact that I haven't taken much time to get to know myself? What if it's because I haven't loved myself? Like, I mean, yeah, the circumstances sucks, figuring out life on your own sucks, but what can I do to reframe this outlook? You can build yourself up mentally. That way, when those feelings arise, you have the tools to fix them, have the education to fix them. And that comes with reading, that comes with prayer, that comes with therapy, that comes with practice. You can't walk around with an empty toolbox with no tools in it. And and when you have an empty toolbox, you have no idea how to fix these feelings. And that's why it's important to practice and to get on a routine. Reframing it and looking at loneliness from a different perspective makes it easier for you to understand. For instance, not everyone knows how to be alone, but you do. That is a strength. It's something that sets you apart. That way, when the loneliness begins to surface, you're able to accept it as it comes. And this even goes for the people that need to be brown people all the time because they feel lonely. You know what it's like to feel alone. Heck, you probably even feel even more when you're around a bunch of people. And because you know what it's like, take that as a strength, not as a weakness. There's, there's a way of being delusional and flipping it around in a way that's going to be beneficial for you. Being delusional is an amazing thing sometimes, especially in regards to fixing your mental health. I think that that's something that sets people apart. That way, when the loneliness begins to surface, you're able to accept it as it comes. And I think that's the perfect time to show up for yourself. I'm a crier when I'm alone. I don't cry in front of people. I have friends that have known me my entire life and they've never seen me cry. I put on a front like I'm strong, but I cry a lot when I'm alone. Whenever the emotions are too much, I cry. I write them down, I pray, I talk to God, and usually it centers me. It brings me back down to earth, but it is a practice. I channel what it is, what is oftentimes seen as a weakness, into an art, and it doesn't necessarily have to be art or writing. It can be music, it can be be a walk, it can be a run, or anything you want it to be, but it's a practice. Like, you have to educate yourself on the things that are your downfall. And whenever I have those crippling feelings of loneliness, I literally cry because it's like my body is trying to get rid of this excess. And I hate to say it, but sometimes when I cry, it feels so good. Like, it feels good to cry. Like, it's like, dang, I've been holding this all in. I need this release. Another thing that studies have shown is to talk to strangers. It's important to find connections. We are social beings. We are social creatures. It's important to interact in small acquaintances. I even moved out of my house into an apartment community just so I could see people every day, just so I could say hi and bye, have a nice day, how are you? And I know that sounds crazy, but it's shifted my entire mood. To go from living in a suburban neighborhood with no human interaction to an apartment half the size of my house with all kinds of people, white, black, young, old, you name it, it has helped me and I love it. So pushing yourself to be social actually helps. And it doesn't even have to be like, let's sit down and have a deep conversation because that might actually be too much. It might actually overstimulate you, especially if you're dealing dealing with depression. Just small conversations, small coffee shop conversations, you know, small elevator. Hi, how are you? Keep it moving. It can actually help your mood in a lot of ways. 
getting rid of excess is another thing. Get rid of clothes, purge your closet, get rid of all the unnecessary things. You know, why do you need all that stuff to begin with? I've found myself the happiest in smaller places, smaller rooms with less clothes. I literally maybe have nine, ten different shirts, a couple of pair of jeans, sneakers, and shoes. And I went from having ten times that to now. And, and something about getting rid of things has really helped calm down my mind. And I think sometimes people tend to buy things when they feel loneliness or we tend to explore relationships when we're feeling loneliness. Loneliness, And I think once you start realizing like what's triggering this, it can really help you. But some people know what's triggering them and they just continue to be in the same routine. So you have to break the routine to be free from that old negative routine. Seeing a therapist, you know, loneliness can cause depression. It can cause depression to seem more heightened. And sometimes getting out there and meeting other people isn't enough. So taking gradual baby steps can really help. Like I said, if you are lonely and you have feelings of loneliness, it can feel overwhelming. You can feel incredibly overstimulated. And it's a really sucky thing, but it's the truth. The key to all of this is to avoid repeating history, to learn to socialize and to show up for yourself. Most of all, you got to know that you aren't the only one feeling alone. We live in a world filled with lonely ass people, but I hope you feel better. I really do. Some books that I've read that's really helped me, um, I'm obsessed with TED Talks as well, but the books that have really helped me is To All the People I Love Before Loving Me, clearly my book. I, I literally wrote that book when I was depressed. It was literally like a declaration of trying to help myself get through the time that I was in. Another book is 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. Each one of those chapters are phenomenal. They're literally amazing. Like, I'm not even kidding. This book changed my life whenever. And and it's a great book to read when you're trying to practice. But, yeah, I hope I was able to run through that with you. So next time you're feeling alone, I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you alone or do you feel alone? Because in those feelings where you probably felt alone and you actually were alone, since then, have you been able to create a foundation, a friendship, a partnership with people that that actually listen to you? Having people that listen to you is important. And although they may not understand your personal experience, having someone be there for you to hold your hand while you're going through what you're feeling is so important. So next time you're feeling alone, you need to ask yourself, are you alone or do you feel alone? This is Janelle Roberts with journal entry number two on navigating feelings of loneliness. You got this. You're not alone. (laughs) The pun. The pun. Thank you so much for tuning in.